0: The pleasure of speaking with an ex member of the world renowned Kiss. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking of Mr. Bruce Kulick, ex guitar player for Kiss, the world renowned Kiss. He was nice enough to spend some time with us with our podcast, That Metal Interview Podcast, with myself, James. And uh, we had a very nice conversation about different musical subjects and this and that when you think of kiss when you think of bruce Kulick and kiss you think of well i think of revenge crazy nights carnival of souls asylum and so on a very a very talented master on the guitar who is getting a lot of very good reviews online on Facebook and now with his YouTube page where he's posting different videos for the uh, for the fans of him playing guitar so anyways enjoy our conversation with Bruce Kulick. today marks the 30th anniversary of the hot in the shade tour right great album great songs uh, what comes to mind when someone mentions the hot in the shade tour what comes to mind there
1: well I, I always um really was happy with that tour. There was there was um, a little bit of a change in the set list. We did incorporate some of the older material that I, I hadn't been asked to play before. And even though uh, in some ways I could feel insulted at, with, with playing the older stuff, but I knew that the band had a real history of a lot of great songs that we didn't experiment with um, during my, you know, joining the band during Animal Eyes on mm-hmm. the tour. So. I welcomed the, the new songs. I thought the stage was great. I thought the uh, bill was great. We, we took on quite a few other good acts that were relevant for that era. Um, I made friends with people from Slaughter to uh, Winger. And uh, I think I think there were a few other bands that opened too, like uh, Fast and Pussycat maybe. But I mostly remember Winger and Slaughter. And uh, I just, you know, it was a good set list. And I did like the staging. The, the, the big, the giant Sphinx was awesome. There, was, there were lasers. And I think that was my first KISS tour that used lasers like that. Now that's like not a big deal, of course. But back in 1989, nine, well, 1990 when the tour started, it was pretty cool. So, um, you know, it was just... Uh, It's a good period of uh, of my career. I mean, I I have fond memories of many of the tours, but I guess with that one, like I said, there was a certain uh, uh, approach that was just a little different. We did have a new manager, too, that was working with the band, Larry Mazur. He he managed Cinderella, Nelson, and part of that Rise To It video was part of his approach to uh, kind of rebuilding KISS, you know, just, giving it a bit of a different vision. So it was a it was a good good tour.
0: Here's a musician question. Was it difficult uh, learning the guitar solos uh, that Ace uh, played, Vinny and Mark obviously you did a great job, obviously.
1: Thank you. Well going in reverse of what you said, in many ways Mark was the hardest. Some of the stuff he played really? on the Animalize record when I joined the band, we did play songs from that album and um mark was a real fast almost like a you know, one of the w- words how you describe guitar players can be a fusion guitar player because he was just really uh, you know very very speedy and um a lot of the scales were were a little bit different for Kiss. you know he didn't grow up like admiring or emulating in his you know uh, learning guitar he wasn't trying to be Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page or Eric Clapton. And I think you, you're probably aware that Ace was into those guys. And even though Ace certainly had a very unique guitar tone and style, yes. uh, I was really into those guitar players. So Mark was uh, one of the biggest bigger challenges. I didn't have to do much in the sense of leads for Vinny. Uh, even though I was given a tape to learn uh, the Kiss set from a probably a Lick It Up tour, mm-hmm. and and I and, and obviously Vinny was playing the leads and I thought he interpreted the songs uh, really in, in an incorrect way. I thought he overplayed, and I always like uh, to represent if, if Ace has signature riffs in a song that's from his era, I'd like to you know represent them and make it my own. So
0: definitely
1: and Vinny, like I said, I mean, uh, yeah, we did lick it up, and uh, uh, which doesn't really have a guitar solo, uh, and I can't really remember anything else. I mean, what well, was more of a challenge was songs like Creatures at a Nine, and that was neither of the Kiss guitar players that you mentioned. It was uh, Steve Ferris, a guy from Mr. Mister Mister, you know, oh know, a fine guitar player.
0: I did not I still know that. Love, love
1: you on the record. But it is actually Robin Ford, who's a really excellent blues player rock blues player really that guy's amazing so um you see what i mean yes uh you know, but but certainly uh, mark was a challenge but i made it i made it my own i made it work
0: oh yeah you did an awesome job of course thanks uh, uh for the people that don't know um how did the kiss gig come about how did you get the call or how, how how did that happen
1: well first i was just asked to Um, be a ghost guitar player you know and Kiss has had uh, including Steve you know everyone knows uh, there's others including my brother that were appeared on on Kiss stuff and I know that um, Paul and I met before but I'm not so sure he took me you know necessarily seriously to be you know someone on the short list but suddenly I was you know someone to to turn to and I know um, uh, Mitch Weissman the bass player that was Paul McCartney in Beatlemania, who wound up co-writing some songs with those guys, and he was good friends with Paul and Gene. Mitch um, definitely—I uh, think he had Paul's ear to call, you know, call Bruce. So anyway, I get a call to be on, you know, do some ghost guitar work on "Animalized." Uh, "Lonely as the Hunter" was the song, and then I had to add a few riffs at the end of "Murder in High Heels." And—and and what was odd was. Well, I'm wondering. I knew Mark was the new guitarist. I saw the press. Why isn't Mark there? But you don't ask questions. Yeah. Show up for a gig like that. <laughs> You're happy to be called, be paid. But but Paul, right before I left, he said, uh, "Don't cut your hair." You know, my hair was about shoulder length, and it, you know, I definitely had a bit of a long hair look. But I didn't know why he meant that. Right. To be quite honest. And then in the end, I I know that. Actually, I was probably called because Mark could play. At the time, I didn't know. I thought maybe they didn't like what he was playing, and they were finishing up the record. And Mark couldn't, you know, so I did. And then they did call me. So the timing of that was really interesting, obviously. And um, sure enough, about six weeks later, I get a con- contact from uh, the Kiss office that they'd like me to, um, you know, help them out, and go to Europe. Uh, I'd be on tour from two to six weeks Uh, I guess at some point they thought maybe Mark could approve and and meet us in Europe or something like that but he didn't but he did start out with us in America um, and then they let him try you know a couple of the shows and then uh, they they they, uh, they sent them home, and they told me, you know, you got the gig.
0: Really? So it's huh. a very
1: unusual way to join a band. When you think about it, I can't even imagine. You know, you hear about things where, like, uh, the roadie ha- gets to do some gigs, but he doesn't necessarily become the new yeah. performing, you know, the, g- the guy that gets the gig. But it, I, it, 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 that was fate. That was what happened.
0: Wow, what a story. Um, yep. Prior to this, were you a KISS fan or, or, or not?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a really good question in many ways. Um, I was a little bit snobby musically, where I liked a lot of these like uh, progressive rock bands and stuff. The Stones sometimes to me sounded out of tune. So obviously the early Kiss records, I wasn't really exposed to it, but I just thought that they were a band with an awesome gimmick. Then I got to hear Destroyer, Bob Ezra produced it. And as you know, Detroit Rock City's amazing song. Right. Um, there's a lot of good highlights on that record, and then I got to see them live, and they were amazing. Yep. So at that point, I got it. You know, so um, I think in a way, not being a big, big fan made it a little easier for me to just do the do do the gig. You know, do yep. the like right g- thing guitar wise, and I didn't have to. You know, I always have respect for people who are successful and famous. Um, I was able to just you know. Do my thing, you know. Once I got the opportunity to work with them,
0: and that was my next question. Uh, were you starstruck with uh, Gene and Paul? But yeah. Um. Again, I met uh, Paul previously, uh-huh. um, yeah.
1: and he was pretty mellow actually. And Gene, I, I met in his studio, and yeah, I mean, I was still uh, very aware of their fame. Yeah. I'm always very. Um, you know, I, I I get nervous with really famous people. I got to meet Ringo one time, and I was—if it wasn't for my my wife to push me to go, got to say hi—I was just out of my mind. <laughs> I get I get really nervous. It is funny when when artists, you know, I know I meet fans sometimes, and they're real nervous around me. And uh, so then, the, wouldn't I be nervous around around people that I admire? You right. know? <laughs> and, and that's always a weird thing, but it's yeah. it's pretty normal. But but like I said. Um, my my admiration of them was more their their drive, their success, their their uh, and they were really rock stars. But but I was still you know more more uh, into you know Jeff Beck and uh, and and Yes and and King Crimson and not so much you know buying Kiss albums and stuff
0: um having worked with the late eric carr uh must have been an honor of course i've read stories that he was a super nice nice person any memories uh, of of eric that you can share with us
1: well eric was really a, a you know very very funny guy very sweet man um he uh was so talented because not only could he you know play drums great but he also sang really well he could write songs. He was creative. He created this uh, uh, cartoon character thing, which you know. I always, whenever I think back, he had an opportunity with a pretty big uh, company that he thought they wanted too much. And you know, when you offer, you don't have any uh, uh, fame from being an, a you know a show creator or an animator or, or anything. You have to give up a lot to have somebody. Uh, especially a major studio kind of invest, yeah. and I, I was very disappointed he didn't accept it because it was probably um, a great opportunity to get that thing called the rockheads out there. Okay, wow. but but that was Eric. I mean, Eric would fly out to to L.A. from New York where he lived to go do the damn show, and then have like a fight with his girlfriend, and instead of you know dealing with that later. He gets back on the plane and goes goes home. Okay, um, I guess he would do some things on, a, on a, based on emotions, you know. Yeah. But I, I, you know, very funny guy. Very. He had his like very very uh, interesting personality traits, a heart of gold, and it, it was just a, a horrible tragedy to lose him because. Uh, you yeah. know we all, we were like family, you know, so like for him to you know just just get so fat you know ill and then yeah to go so fast was uh, really tragic uh
0: which is your favorite album out of all the albums you've done, which is your favorite one you've recorded, and why
1: well, you know with with kiss obviously uh, I had highlights on many of them but Revenge turned out to be really my favorite album. I think part of that was the fact, not only were we very dialed in and very working really hard. I mean, we were going through dealing with Eric being sick and everything, and then ultimately passing away. But, but he knew and accepted that we were going to, you know, move forward and record. Uh, Fortunately, we found Eric Singer, who's such a talented drummer. And, um, he fit in very well, except for the blonde era, but we you know, kind of fixed that
0: yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: by leaving it alone for once, you know, I mean, instead of trying to turn him into something, you know, right. we didn't have to, but um, Bob Ezrin really uh, gave the Revenge album such a, a, a unique, you know, mission. He, he was such a, a talented guy, and he was like a mad professor, you know, so it, it, it really... I learned so much from him. I did love all the songs. I know they really wanted me to um, figure out a way to uh, play even more intense than ever before and do some of my best guitar work. And I have to admit, I feel like they really did push me and as much as it was uh, at times something I had to think about, you know, like am I not good enough or how can I improve? How do I make them happy? You know? Uh, but it made me work harder. Uh, I remember thinking, well, I think I gotta maybe get creative that some pedals can bring a a new color to this. And, uh, you know, if you remember on Revenge, there are some really interesting sounds from my guitar. You know, it got even weirder on Carnival Souls, but still, Revenge had a lot of uh interesting effects. So, uh, that album still stands out because it is a beautiful ballad, but there's, you know, some really heavy and there's
0: some very, very uh, straight ahead meat, 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 and potatoes, rock and roll, you know. Oh, yeah. That that's really a great cool. album. Awesome. Uh, now that you mentioned Eric Singer, uh, are there any plans with the Eric Singer project?
1: You know, it's, it was, it's been so hard for so many years now. We always used to like that little moonlighting thing. I'd try to get a break from the grand funk schedule. He'd get a break. He knew Kiss would be off. You know, we'd get John and, you know, figure out what his schedule is. And we really did have fun. We mostly went to Europe. The fans, you know, really loved it. But it's been so long. And in fact, the last time we were supposed to get together, Eric just couldn't. The schedule wasn't clear enough. And KISS might, might have gone to South America in the end and never went, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that was, I'm talking quite a few years ago already. But, you know, at some point, KISS is going to wind down. And, uh, you know, I don't know how long Grand Funk will continue either. So there's always going to be the possibility in the future to do some work with Eric and John, etc.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it working with uh, Grand Funk Railroad?
1: Uh, you know the band this is our 20th year and so of course you know we hit a wall with the pandemic and waiting on when it's safe to go play again but uh, you know really terrific group opposite of KISS in the sense that we don't go out there with any major production it's just five guys on stage really playing great
0: music and you know doing the best we can and I think um we
1: we really do provide a, a, a strong um entertainment value with just the music you know um max the singer is terrific and he can sing all those songs and we, he also wrote uh, a big hit for 38 special which was a band that he was in called second chance so that's in the show uh, in addition to another song that he wrote with don brewer and then the rest of the songs are the big hits by Funk. there's plenty of them i do get featured in like almost every song quite a bit with know, lead guitar and things. So um, it keeps me real busy. Most of the KISS fans that don't think they know grand funk songs, if they come to the show, then they're really blown away. Because not only is it a good, good show, it's just it, it, they, they finally put the pieces together when they, they hear some of the songs and go like, oh, I did know that. That was grand funk? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. They have the history. Great stuff great music. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I noticed uh, some home videos of you and your wife uh, singing different songs, right? Uh, great stuff. Yes. Uh, are there any future plans there? Maybe a project or something? Or You
1: know, we did put out a single three years ago. Okay. Uh, it was a song that I didn't finish for BK3, which was my 10-year-ago <laughs> last solo record. Uh-huh. And, and um, I don't know. Somehow the song came up and Lisa mentioned something. And the only regret that we didn't get to uh, do a video for it, which actually uh, is something that we're talking about again, because we do have footage that could be used of us, you know, like in the studio and fooling around. And it, it could be done, but it was, it was something called If I Could Show You, and I thought she did a really fine job on it. Um, and then there were these opportunities at KISS Expos to, to, to perform. And um, since I liked to have my wife with me um and she can sing especially my era's songs so well you know it always went over great and now of course as another um treat for the fans that i i can provide that content in fact we we were rehearsing a little earlier before this interview some new songs that we'll try to film soon and and get up online so i really uh enjoy sharing her and uh, the fans getting to you know know her better as a talent and also as the the wife behind the man you know right. and she does this great art that she's uh, you know blinging photos and you know, she does Hollywood stars but of course she had to do some kiss stuff why not right she's married to me you know right <laughs> and uh, the fans heard about that so I'm really uh, you know I, I look for some of the silver linings of this pandemic that the world is experiencing and one of them is is. Uh, Me, you know, reaching out to the fans and connecting with them more. And at the same time, my wife being a big part of my life, too. And and, um, maybe they only see her at an expo that she joins me with um, or, you know, in in that manner. So now they're getting to know her better. and and, Uh um, I really like that. Now, Lisa and I did fantasize. I used to talk about there were times when I would perform. in in small venues over in Europe, like in Switzerland, ski lodges with a female singer that had an independent record deal in, like, one of the countries there. So I have people there that could probably arrange something similar to that. Uh, So we used to fantasize about that, you know, like a working vacation. But lately, I actually think a lot about another version of that, and I'm kind of rolling it out slowly here with all the... You know, social media attention that I seem to be getting, with many people looking for this stuff from me, and believe me, it's a lot of work putting it together. Uh, I, it's not like uh, I could just pick up a guitar and rip into their song, or
0: yeah.
1: Lisa and I just go to the couch and perform. You know? Yeah. But but I I do love the a lot of people respond also to the storytelling factor of it. You know, and I know Paul did a really uh, nice uh, a couple of them that were really excellent. The fans love it. You know, and I think I think that's something that Lisa and I might do something like a Facebook live thing or Instagram live. And instead of it just being questions, obviously, if everything works great, it would be great to also be able to perform. But it would be fun to do something Q&A. It would be fun to do um, yeah. an evening with the Kuliks kind of thing, you know, where we perform. We chat to the, to the fans and maybe take some questions, tell some stories about... Uh, the songs we're preparing. So, so what's really lovely, uh, and again, silver lining of the pandemic is to, to uh, you know, further the uh, opportunity of uh, uh, performing with my wife and and having that to share with the fans because it's genuine and uh, and 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 she's super talented. So why not? Yes. Yeah, you know? You know, I'm not a lead singer. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, she has a great voice. It yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, as a fan. Oh, no, no, you said that yeah as a fan uh i play a little bit of guitar and it's so cool to see uh i mean i'm a fan of crazy nights all that album and all that uh all your stuff of course it's so cool to to see you play that uh reason to live solo that, that's so cool
1: yeah i got a lot of requests for the lead yeah after doing it acoustically uh so, because that um that went over so well and um you know i'm getting around to it a lot of the fans suggest so many of them and um some of them i just i had played in the last 10 years or so and some of them i i, I haven't played since i did it in the studio you see what i mean so i uh, i would have to think about learning it and then presenting it properly but um there's a lot of songs from my era that i'm very proud of so i had it seemed, seemingly seemingly As busy as I am, I do have the the time luxury that the fact that things are still only slowly going to start to get normal. I have time to get some more content to the fans.
0: Uh, We got a couple of fan questions uh, off social media. Uh, Jeremy is asking, uh, what's your favorite Kiss guitar solo? Uh
1: Ah, interesting. Well, for me, I, 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 you know, and I'll pick a... I'll pick two favorites. Electric, I love My Tears of Falling Solo, and I love the acoustic forever. But I, but I did want to make an honorary mention. One of the songs that I'd never played that often um, from the makeup era, but I got a chance to play it a little bit during the club tour when Eric first joined, and it was a hundred thousand years. I thought Ace did some really creative stuff there, oh, and I always loved uh, playing that, those, those solos in that song live. Really cool.
0: Uh, the other, uh, uh, fan question, um, Osmo is asking, did Vinnie Vincent help you in maturing as a guitar player?
1: You know, Vinnie was known as a talented guitar player on the East Coast. And, uh, you know, he, I think he was from Connecticut, mm-hmm. but in, when you grow up in New York, it's kind of the tri-state area, you know, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, because you, you can get everywhere fairly quickly. Um... You know I, I i don't think there's any relation in that way i think we were both um guitar players that loved rock and roll and we're trying to create a um, uh shall i say uh, a career you know and and you know Vinny's always been a excellent songwriter and you know he did his you know contributions for kiss but he, he wasn't in any way an influence for me right um you know for me um I'm not even sure who Vinny's biggest influences are because I think sometimes he really wanted to kind of shred on guitar and I knew he could do that but you know I told you earlier for Mm -hmm. me it was always you know the Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page and people like that which is more similar to his.
0: After all this quarantine uh, and pandemic passes and it's over um, uh, what's the future uh, for Bruce and what can fans expect?
1: Well, I wish I knew when it was going to be over so I'd know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right, let's say everything's back to normal in a year. You know, usually the same as what I've been doing, you know, I, I'm sure um, the biggest thing missing from my life right now is obviously, um, you know, live performances, you know, with crowds, like right? like what I did with Grand Funk every weekend, you know what I mean? Awesome. Uh, and 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 even if presuming that happens sooner, and it even can happen this year, which would obviously, if it's safe, that would be amazing. Uh, but but I, I do uh, want to continue with um, you know kind of sharing more things online with my fans with social media, uh, maybe having more opportunities with my wife. But one thing too that I'm I'm going to start refocusing again on, which I talked about before the pandemic working with the band that I did the Kiss Cruises with the last two years, I had this terrific group with Brent Fitz on drums and Todd Kearns on vocals and guitar and Zach Throne on bass and these guys can play anything and we started to work on some original music um, right at the, like, kind of I'd say like mid-February we were writing, uh, some of them were things that I had laying around yeah. in the past six months, but uh, and we were planning to record like we would have hoped to have been in the studio like in april or may and you know of course i haven't physically seen any of them you know since this started but this week actually i'm going to be you know kind of working online with with them on on some of the songs just to continue the progress my real goal will be somehow to get some demos together so that once it's safe to go to a studio all together we'd be mm-hmm. able to just go in there and, and slam it out because i'd love to release uh, a new either an ep or an album with them sometime this year
0: awesome is there a message you want well, sent to send to your fans
1: sure well i want to uh, thank all my fans and all the love and support especially uh recently i they're giving back to me from the efforts that i've been making to connect with them and i do appreciate that and i did want them to know that uh they should definitely visit my website brucebrewkeulick.com and they can connect with me on meat hook which is a way to get lessons or just a one-on-one chat and uh is for shout outs for for people that uh want to give a gift to somebody those those are great apps and i do enjoy both of that uh, opportunities you know and then uh, I'm really going to be building my YouTube channel because all this content that I'm making I, I need to get it up there so uh, you know people can access it not just try to find it on Facebook because you know how hard that is yeah um, so I, I, I really uh, I'm using this opportunity to uh, thank them and connect with them and I and it's been it's been really uh, eye opening I'm, I'm very impressed with their uh their enthusiasm towards it, so I wanted to thank them all. But um, you know, I, I really do like when they all keep in touch, and um, many of them reach out to my wife as well, and she enjoys it too. So, so and everybody, stay safe, and, and please don't don't get um, too crazy because this virus is dangerous. I think everybody should take it seriously, and I I never get political because I don't like politics, but I will admit. Uh, I like to listen to the, do- the scientists and the-, and the doctors. Fortunately, I have some good doctor friends, so I can always translate what I'm hearing in the news to somebody that's, you know, basing his opinions on facts, not not any emotional thing. So um, everybody take care out there for sure, and I hope to see you
0: all when it's safe. Well, keep uh, keep making those videos and uh, keep rocking, Bruce. And uh, thank you for making right. time. Thank right. you.
1: you. You take care. Thanks again.
0: There you had it. Straight. From the master on the guitar, Mr. Bruce Kulick, spoke to you guys, to the fan base, about his projects, his past projects, present projects, and so on. We hope you guys enjoyed. Mr. Bruce Kulick. I sure did myself. From everybody here at That Metal Interview Podcast, we thank you guys for tuning in to jroxmetalzone.com. 24 7 rock metal subscribe to our youtube page j-rock's metal zone and check out our podcast that metal interview so once again to all the kiss fans there you had it to all the grand funk railroad fans there you had it mr bruce kulik enjoy and keep it metal Metal Interview.